0: Welcome to the Nailed It Wall. Ah!
1: Welcome to episode 60 of the Nailed It Wall. I'm Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. And I'm Miss Gofield. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about the notorious Arrowhead Alligator. We're going to talk about Rubik's Cube, and we're going to talk about our Nailed It Failed It Wall. All right, people, buckle up and enjoy the ride. All right, partner. Well, we've been off for two weeks. Yeah. And I think we got to just start off with how have you nailed it or failed it the last two weeks?
0: Man, I have had some serious both nailed it and failed it. So, definitely what you alluded to with the Rubik's Cube, you know, which we're going to talk about, but I feel incredible pride. In my STEM class, as anybody that's listened to us know, that that's a big part of um, what we do in eighth grade STEM. And all my kids learned the cube this time. And it was the hardest to, uh, challenge this quarter than any other. And they're super bright kids, very motivated, but they just now, really Now, when you talk struggled. about
1: this, this is every single kid in your STEM class solve the Rubik's cube. Yeah,
0: and you saw how many kids are in that class. It is a huge class this quarter. But they are seriously, they just inspire me. And you know, this gr- teaching is part us. And so much of it though is how the students respond and what they run with and their energy and what they feed off of of you and so this quarter is just a dream group of kids and their dedication their passion their buy-in has been unparalleled and I've had some really amazing STEM classes but this one so far is probably my very favorite and but they worked really hard and they struggled um so that was definitely that was definitely uh I think the top for me. Also, I had...
1: Now, how many classes have, in a row, have you had every student solve the Rubik's Cube?
0: Oh, for, I mean, all the quarters last year. I'm so confused about where COVID ended and where COVID, you know, began. It's truly
1: amazing. We talk about grit, perseverance. These are eighth graders, and they're solving the Rubik's Cube. And right now, our campus is just running rampant. Yeah. We had a student, Jasper, yeah. on Talent Thursday solving the cube. Then all of a sudden, everyone's has two-by-twos, three-by-threes. Jasper's on the four-by-four. Four, and I'm talking fourth through eighth grade everyone's just wants to solve the cube so many kids have come up to me and be like can you guys start the rubik's cube club up again and they just want to get their hands on all of your cool cubes and it's seriously the coolest thing something that we do on announcements just trickles out there and i love it i I get excited i just had to learn the algorithm to solve the two by two and so i'm just showing that off to all the kids to try and teach all these kids
0: i gotta learn that i'm so close
1: And, and it's really the coolest thing erno Rubik's. he'd be so impressed and when you think about it my people yeah and 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 all these kids solving the cube only five percent of the world population can solve the rubik's cube sorry to interrupt there go on
0: you're okay no it was i'm so glad one of my favorite parts about the cube experience this quarter is i have so many girls in my group and girls I mean, I think I'm pretty sure we've talked about it on the podcast, but for some reason, they tend to sell themselves short more often, middle school girls. And so, of course, the dialogue to begin with is I can't, I'm never, you know, all of those things, which we chat about the whole time. I mean, it's a huge part of the cube process is, yes, you will. Just not yet. We're gonna keep working now. Just same on...
1: thing with students when you build rockets. Yeah, so many of them come up to me like, I can't build a rocket. Yeah, they
0: do. And the cube is hard. And I have first period this year, so or this quarter. So it's their first class of the day. They're middle schoolers. They're dragging because it's early for them. And so you know, sometimes I have kids come in and say, I just barely went to bed three hours ago. You know, so. They stay up gaming. Good, great, I'm, grand. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, getting the their prime. Uh, you know what they could potentially be, but my point is, despite all of that, those kids would grab a cube the second they walked in. It was hard, and they loved it. And when they solved it, their faces. I mean, I did a I did a really cool newsletter this last week, and it was just chock full of stuff. Like that, but one whole section was all Rubik's cubes that had been solved, and I got a, some nice feedback from parents just saying how much they loved all the pictures. But there were so many kids to celebrate, and you don't want to leave anybody out. And their faces are just as pure glee, just such a cool thing. And we did the Pringle Ringle, which was another, you know, just those moments, those moments where they're they do something hard, they do something they think is impossible, and you had someone in your class an interpreter, a woman, she's lovely, Miss Sue Ann, if you're listening, and she was, she used to solve it as a kid, and then, you know, it's like something about us as adults, all of a sudden we get to a certain place, and she kept saying, oh, I just don't think it's gonna happen, and I just remember, you know, just continuing, like, yes, it it will, like, here's the book, you know, it is, we just, I think we forget that you can just Persevere and then achieve great things that you don't know is possible.
1: Even at basketball practice tonight, one of the parents was holding a Rubik's cube. I walked up to him. I said, "Can you solve this?" And it was one of the players on the team. And I just sat there, started solving it. And I was like, "I was like, look, it's like dribbling with your head up. I'm solving the cube, and it, it's really coolest thing." And share the story about the student whose father went out and bought a cube.
0: Yeah, and so I don't. I'm still confused if he was so excited that she was doing it because I want to say that he had had one as a kid I think it's that she came home and was talking about it and so he was so excited that he ordered her one then she started bringing that in because it took what two and a half weeks to to do all of the kids I think I want to say I was about that right about that amount and she would bring hers in and then she would she was learning the algorithm on her own she's memorizing it and her pride in her competence was just it was the coolest thing and so other kids had a lot of admiration for her and when we did a battle which I've never done before we did the whole class everyone was paired up with someone on their level and they did a cube battle and it wasn't for speed necessarily because a lot of these people need the books so it doesn't matter that's the whole thing is you can solve the cube now you have the steps you have the skills so just use them and as long as that takes then that's as long as it takes but she was doing so well I was very proud and and more importantly she was really proud of herself.
1: Now, are you still taking Polaroids of all the students who solve it and hanging it up on the Nailed It wall?
0: Well, I have kind of slacked. We've actually been hanging stuff up on the Nailed It wall, but I have slacked about the Polaroid, not because of lack of interest, but lack of funds, because it is quite expensive to buy Polaroid film, and I am currently out, and I I think I have 30 kids in STEM, or it's pretty close to that. It's a lot of kids, and so you know, I had to, I had to postpone.
1: Those Polaroids are expensive. And this is a great segue. Now, have you heard of Buy Me a Coffee?
0: I have heard about Buy Me a Coffee.
1: Now, Buy Me a Coffee. We are on Buy Me a Coffee. It's a crowdfunding company based in San Francisco, and it provides a surface for creators to collect donations from their supporters. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to support polaroids or just buy us a coffee you can search for mr lane the stem guy on buy me a coffee shameless plug all right (laughs) now i love that what's
0: your nailed it
1: uh my nailed it uh there's so many like when two weeks go by there's just so many stories and we share so many stories the announcements have been truly amazing to start off the year we had some audio issues but just They're they're a work of art like every single day they they tell a story they paint a picture and you talk about little things about the cube and just how it explodes and sharing students talents and you know we've had very few mistakes on announcements we have the students I mean they're coming in every single day we've had some meetings before school and they've been amazing like and we love seeing the kids on there and so we've had some fun segments like I wonder if and we've done an I Wonder Wednesday is a new segment. Yeah. It's been awesome. We Freaky asked Fridays. Is Freaky Fridays where you do some pretty great facts. And we did, I, is a Cheeto considered a chip? And it just starts these conversations. I and, love those. And so that's been so fun. But I think my nail is these seventh graders. They've they're just been so fun. I have two groups to start my day of seventh grade. One's large and one's smaller. And we've been able to do different things and explore and just persevere, and so with the EV3, which are like a Lego robotics, uh, I always start with the seventh graders, I give them the challenge, like make it move without wheels, and so they have to build a robot that can drive 600 centimeters without wheels, you know, they can't use gears, they got to build something, and, and it's just so fun to kind of, you walked in today, and they are just starting the process, and they're kind of figuring things out, but it took it a step further, because like one thing, you know, and they just had so much fun. And then I gave them another week to choose like a tutorial or to to go like freelance on themselves and build a robot that has to accomplish a task. And and some of the robots, they were so cool. Some of them followed a YouTube tutorial. Some of them cl- followed like a book. Like it, it, it was crazy like what these kids were coming up with. And the, this one group of girls... They came up, they found this one with a robot that like the arm moved and the table moved and it would spin around. And it would do art. It was like robot art. And from the first day, Mrs. Bonham came in. I'm like, oh, Mrs. Bonham, you got to check out this robot. And this is what they want to do. And it was so cool that they were like looking for pieces and and, and like actually kindergarten was in one day and we were talking about inventions and i'm like oh my, we have some great inventors here they came up and showed their robot and so it was pretty cool i mean just the fact that the first quarter is almost over you know is kind of a kind of a crazy thing when you think about how fast time is flying in the school year like to really comprehend that 25% of the school year is almost over and it feels like we just started school yesterday
0: i can't even i can't even let my mind go there only because i love this group of kids so very much not just them as people because i do they're they're stellar human beings and i enjoy that but what they are bringing out of me as an educator and what i have been able to experience alongside them in the classroom it's been such a higher level and there's it's just brought out something different in me as a teacher this year and I will forever be grateful to them because it's like a rebirth after all of those I don't want to say dormant years right? Because we weren't dormant We were not it, It just wasn't the same and so It feels alive, it feels exciting, and it's a partnership. I feel like in my classroom this year, it's a true partnership where I show up and I know I'm giving them my absolute best, and they show up and they're giving me their absolute best, and there's this trade-off that continues to happen. And if a day, even though I've given my best, I feel like, ah, that wasn't how I wanted it to be. Like, I could do better. I genuinely, and you know, because I've talked to you about this, I mull that over and I make a plan and I write notes to myself. And then for the next day, I am so, you know, purposeful in how I approach the next day's lesson. So it just, I don't know. It's just a very exciting time to be a teacher.
1: Before we get into our main topic, can you share a little about your, now you got with a new curriculum in eighth grade science you absorbed rocks yes and you were not thrilled about rocks because you had physics i mean every eighth grade science teacher should be teaching physics it's a good segue as they get ready to go to high school and you lost physics and you were crestfallen by losing physics i mean physics is just awesome it's everywhere and you did some pretty cool things you talk about the bungee barbie and and the play-doh cars and but talk about your your fossils like, okay, and, and how you want to grow for next year. Well,
0: and just as a, as a side note, the good news is with my curriculum is I still get to teach some of those really fun physics things because there's parts of them, components, if you will, that are still under the umbrella of eighth grade science, which I'm excited about. But here would be a great example of my one of my fails this year or this week so you alluded to the fossils. And so the kids have been so great about rock layers. And, and I try and really talk to them about, especially for where we live, we see these amazing examples of rock layers and erosion in, in a way that not everybody gets to see or appreciates. There's so much beauty in our landscape in Arizona and Where Utah, is your
1: favorite place to see rocks in Arizona?
0: Um, I mean... Well, I would say Monument Valley was breathtaking. Um, I want to see Antelope Valley. The Grand Canyon is, you know, makes me giddy. I had a student. That was another amazing, amazing thing. I'll talk about that in a second. But do you know where my favorite rock place is? I do not. Oh, Oh, okay. I didn't know if there was something I had shared. Uh, I mean, honestly, so many places. Uh, On the drive to Colorado... I there was so many examples and I was like geeking out just because it's all around and it's relevant and and you talk about like how much that's linked to history and telling a story and understanding our past and so that's what we're really focusing on is it's not just rocks it's not just rock layers it's not just fossils it's our history book and it can we can learn so much from the past and so this year I it's my second year with my curriculum. And I didn't do nearly as much hands-on last year for a variety of reasons. But this year, everything is lined up. And so I wanted to extend my fossil lesson. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool to have them build their own fossils? And they'd have to tell me how it was fossilized. And if it's a body fossil or trace fossil, all those things. And so I get this great idea that I don't want to pay for clay or dough. Clay's expensive. Because it's expensive. play dough is expensive. All that stuff is expensive. And, you know, again, teachers have limited funds. And we do the best we can. We're very creative. And we stretch money very far. But regardless, I have a 100 and whatever, 30 kids, I think, or something of that nature. And so... I looked up a recipe, or one of my students did. And they said, all we need is flour, salt, and water. Perfect, great, I can afford that. I go, I get flour. I did not get a big enough bag, I realized later. I had a big enough bag if kids would have followed a recipe each time. However, they thought, I can do this, which is pretty much how I navigate directions. So I, I get that. So I let them have a bag of flour and the salt and water, and my classroom was a hot mess. So much so that I couldn't even get the dough remnants off the back table with a scraper, and it took me forever to get it off. I'm gonna so, to
1: need you to return that scraper as well. Yeah, no, that's my favorite. I <laughs> that's my favorite scraper. 3D print-in <laughs> removal from the raft I, scraper.
0: I, I, I I'll have Matilda bring it over tomorrow. Thank you. So it, you know, it was one of. The, however, I
1: just thought of that. It was as you're sharing that story. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'd like to retract that story, but the lesson was not a failure. My execution of how I would approach it was the failure. And so I mentioned to you, next year I'll make the dough or I'll have some students volunteer and they'll make a bunch of batches because it, that was a huge, that, and that was on me. Like I wasn't upset with them. I was frustrated with myself. And because I hadn't done that before, I didn't have any idea of, oh, I could have, you know, I should do this. But overall, I was really happy with it and I feel like as many times as you can k- let kids make and as many times as you can let kids show you by demonstrating, that's the way to go in my opinion, especially, which I will just mention, especially with our big push for this new way we're doing grades with standards based being kind of our pathway, it looks like. It's tough for kids that aren't good at test taking, but they may really understand the concepts. And we always want to give kids the opportunities to show that.
1: Wow. I I love how reflective you're being. You're so excited about your planner and just your little (laughs) notes as you prepare for the next year. Now, recently there was a a big, I want to say hubbub. Like, what's the big hubbub? Hubbub. All right, big hubbub about the Arrowhead. Alligator. Now we live like near golf courses where we have man-made lakes and reclaimed water and, you know, it's great for walking around and, and then on the next door app. And you do a great job with teaching kids about fake websites yes, and you do such adjusted. a cool thing. And I actually have kids create fake websites to kind of test out the younger kids to kind of say, is this a real story? Is this a real website? And kind of go through there. Anyway, so we started getting this buzz that there was an alligator in our Arrowhead Lakes and these lakes connect to the Legend Golf Course, the Legend Springs, and all this. Now, on the Nextdoor app, there was a report that somebody was dumping a, a, uh, an aquarium into the lake and somebody's heard them, went over to them and said, what are you dumping there? And they said, an alligator. And then it got out that this was a three-foot alligator. Now, Mr. Galetti, our principal, is so amazing; he let us <laughs> run with this, like on the news. Like we put out like a whole thing about a public service announcement that well, there we do not have proof, but there could be an <laughs> uh, an alligator in the lake. So beware. Um, and this turned into like a whole like week and a half story. Of parents, kids. It actually went to the news. Uh, We were playing clips from the news on our announcements. We were interviewing people about this. People, my my own son, Ryan, (laughs) swears he saw these huge bubbles and, and an alligator in the lake. The Glendale Police Department was getting so many calls. I think some of those calls might have been from us, like <laughs> because we were talking about this arrowhead, but it talks about the power of social media. Then, yeah. then it went to the Ring app, and some of these posts were, were, were so crazy. And you, you talk about, like, and you, when you were teaching about fake websites, you had a re- report from Stanford University about what was the percentage of you know what kids believe about fake websites wasn't like 80% like yeah, of things really that they see it, it was alarming yeah.
0: but for adults they were not far off it was they said the kids but then the adults were like only a tick or two below that so it's, it's yeah. Really so
1: everyone was looking for everyone was talking about it. It was the buzz. Like we were at the football game, and people they could not stop talking about the Arrowhead Alligator. And share the student about the picture your your uh, share the story about your the picture your student had.
0: Oh my gosh! Seriously, it was such a teachable. This whole thing is just memorable for forever. So we are talking about it, you know. Then my kids get all fired up and they said, no, it's true. It's true. Roman has a picture of it on his phone. Awesome. I already know it's going to be good because Roman And the best part
1: is you don't see him till the end of the day. I
0: don't see him till my last period. And I've been told by so many kids at this point, Roman has the proof. And Roman is one of those kids that is near and dear to my heart. Like just... I love this kid. I love this kid. He's just like a little mischievous, fun little fella. I love him. So I cannot wait for him. And I say, I'm talking about this alligator. And Roman says, I have a picture. And I said, do you? And so we made eye contact and he smirks at me and I smirk at him. And I said, let's see this picture. Tell
1: me you put it on the the Apple TV. Well,
0: unfortunately, uh, there was something. It wasn't working like that. So I had to like put it in the drive and then put it. Because my Apple TV was acting weird. Oh, I couldn't find the remote. So anyway, so put it up there. But I show... All the kids and they—they believe this, and it's like it's like a, the crocodile in Captain Hook. Like it is <laughs> huge, right? It's almost animated. It's laughable. It's the most huge thing, it's laying on its side. I'm not sure dead. It does look like anything. it
1: could—it could have been on the grass yeah, around the airhead lake.
0: But and so the it's just amazing what people will believe. And so then it was just like we had the best conversations about okay guys like come on now does this look believable and i have to tell you they they were all in they believed him and he was so delighted that he could snow his classmates it was hilarious
1: and i was losing my mind in the phoenix herpetological society i may have butchered that word they came out and they were on the news and me and Enzo, we lost our minds because we were laughing because they were saying um, that the fish would have gotten to it or the raccoons, which we also led another major news story about the raccoons in the neighborhood would have gotten to it and we were just losing our minds because then they held up this tiny little alligator. They're like, this is about how big it would have been. And just the, the stories then... Students found out that you could buy like a remote a water remote control alligator <laughs> head. They wanted to buy it and put it in the lake, and oh my gosh. and it was just and just the other day, someone came up to me and said, "There's another alligator in the lake." And I said, "What's your source?" He's like, "I saw it on the news," and I never followed up with it. But it, it and the best part is, uh, we haven't we've been so busy. Usually, Mrs. Hunter comes on like on every Friday and does a "How's it feeling Friday" uh, segment. And she just got into character. And she had a tinfoil hook, came up with a name, Dolphus Simpatico, and just got into character. We were filming her down by the lake. Oh, and, and we had this stuffed animal alligator. And we were pulling on a string. And so many of the students were like, you know, I would just tell them stories. I'm like, I had a wrestler and now it's stuffed in my classroom. <laughs> and these kids think this was a real alligator at one time, you know, they, they, and it's yeah. a stuffed animal. And it, it's like the most hilarious thing. And so many kids are like, there's the alligator that was on the announcements. And. Uh, Mrs. Hunter she was oh, I mean gosh. she's just like an SNL character she really is. just how I mean we're just filming this in the neighborhood like people are coming by cars are stopping by trying to see what we're doing oh, we had a boom mic out there and it just goes back to the fact that nobody is having more fun than we are <laughs> like doing what we do like what we love to do and you know that's the positive side you get to share these stories and I think that was just like one of my highlights of the year oh, of just, sure. and so many kids were like, who was that Dolphus Simpatico? <laughs> like they did not even know it was Mrs. Hunter. Like, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, it's an international man of mystery, that you know, hilarious. and it is just the, the funnest thing is to teach and to get the most out of your students and and share these stories. And me and you get to go back and forth and every single day. There's just a the highlight, you know, there is just the the good always outweighs the bad.
0: For sure. It really does. And the you know, there were so many parts of the the crocodile, the alligator thing that I loved. And I think one of the things was it was so community and it just reminds you how special our neighborhood is, how special our school is specifically. And just that the conversations that happen. And we, one thing that you and I have been talking about a lot lately is how much pride we have in the announcements being truly a K 8 experience now, cross campus with all the teachers, because the eighth graders are so bought into what we're doing, the things that we talk about, you know, we have kids that are sending us totes adorbs, you know, in eighth grade, and these kids are very invested. And, and really, that's your goal for the school community across the board in everything you're doing Stuco and, and, you know, NJHS and the and the what's the kindness club, um, Connect. K- Team, Connect, Team and Connect, all of that stuff. And I just feel like there's such a buy in and such a close-knit feel this year more than any other year and it is uh, a really energizing special thing to feel.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm just still laughing about this follow-up story. <laughs> I never followed up on the second news report. But the fact that we just we just tackle these things head on and we start things. I mean, I started this whole raccoon story. You didn't believe me. And I saw these raccoons multiple times on my run. I'm like, there are raccoons in our neighborhood. We put on the announcements. I'm like, you'll get a prize if you can photograph the announcements. All of a sudden, people were sending videos, pictures. And then so many people did not believe this raccoon raccoon story and they were out there and they're always out there you've been walking you've come face to face with raccoons they're shifty characters but just the fun of our admin to say just roll with it just roll with it and it's just such a great feeling uh in terms of that and we just have so much fun and you talk about the kindness we have to do a whole podcast on the kindness because it's just so powerful like what our staff and our community is doing as a whole Uh, to really embrace kindness and uh, push everyone forward.
0: Yeah, and, you know, just one thing I do want to say about that so that we can remember to come back. But, you know, we did give a shout-out to Mrs. Lincecone last time. But our staff meeting today, I just felt so excited and inspired by the things that she's doing with her class to touch – base and check in with these kids. And, and we've talked so much, you know, in the last couple years about how much disconnect COVID created within students and with their emotions and, and really tapping into that and, and getting back into the empathy and the kindness and relationships. And the work that she is doing just in that and I am sure she's an amazing social studies teacher as well which is you know just honestly that's the cherry on top what she's doing for them socially and emotionally blows my mind and it gets me really excited and proud to be a co-worker of that and to be able to try and emulate some of that in my class because it's just so necessary you know right now more than ever.
1: Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, just it feels good to be back. You're going to start doing podcasts with your your stem group. Tomorrow. I can't wait to kind of see what they come up with. And, you know, if you're out and about people, you're you're in the Glendale uh, Arrowhead Lakes area. Beware. There could be <laughs> an alligator out there. You know, I don't believe it. Uh, I have to see it to believe it. That's what I tell the kids. And and you don't know how many kids have come up to me with a sighting of this alligator. And it it brings so much joy to me that, you know, how much fun that we've been having. You know, as we always say, people, if you can be anything, be kind. Are you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter. Look up Mr. Lane, the STEM guy.
0: And me at a positive proton.
1: And don't forget, if you like this podcast and you want to support us, you can buy me a coffee. Search up buy me a coffee. Search up Mr. Lane, the STEM guy. I'll be sure to buy my co-host a coffee with your kind donation.